Everybody, welcome back to a brand new week of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. Tracy, my love, how has the week been? The week has been full of auditions, auditions, auditions. It is pilot season, so it's the busiest time. The busy- how, many, how many auditions have you gone on and since our last episode? <laughs> on Wednesday. Oh, since Wednesday. Well, in the past well, couple of the weeks. Week, the week, yeah. past couple of weeks, it's been uh, eight auditions for me, and that is a lot. Eight auditions. That is a lot. And they're not just one or two pages. It's been like nine pages, seven pages, eight pages, and I need them done within 24 hours. So it's it's hard. It's been taxing. Yes, but it's also what I've wanted. Any of those pilots, something that you just, you're just called to do and you feel like just such an impression over you that you really want this one? Yeah, Ava DuVernay has a pilot. I, I can't say the name. Wait a minute. Ava DuVernay. <laughs> yeah. As in Queen Sugar's oh, Ava yeah. DuVernay. As in... Uh, when, they when, when they see us. When they see us. I can say when you see me. Oh, time, <laughs> I mean... All of yeah, that. And Ava so DuVernay. she has a new project that you have auditioned for. Yes. And, and wouldn't it be a blessing? And you know what? It will be. I, I we will so. name it. We will claim it. It will be not... Something that you want to do, but something that you will do. Hey, let's put that in the air. That's right. In the universe, it's out there. But yeah, that's what I've been working on. And you know, I have my own audition taping service. So I've been having a lot, a lot more clients coming in, a lot of new clients. So it's it's been really busy. Good busy. Good busy. It's been good busy. And so, you know, we love Ava DuVernay here on the 3 Plus 1 podcast. And not only do we love Ava DuVernay, but we also love Trey Floyd. Trey! Trey Floyd joins us this week as this week's noted guest. Trey Floyd is an actor, producer, director, as well as playwright. So, Trey, welcome to 3 Plus 1 Podcast. Thank we you so much so for happy. having me. I cannot, I'm, I'm really excited. Well, we are excited <laughs> that you are, that you're here. And so, one thing, uh, Trey, I'm, I'm, of course, a native of Mississippi. You, too, mm-hmm. I think, are a native. Was, is it Water Valley? Yeah, just below Water Valley. Just there is a small town called Coffeeville. Ooh. I know Coffeeville, Mississippi. I know Coffeeville, Mississippi. Very small. Not many uh, people know. About the same time, about the same size as my my real hometown of DeKalb. And so uh, when I saw your number pop up and you were saying, you know, I'm on the way. I'll be there 35 minutes from rehearsal. I first saw the number said, oh, you're somebody from Mississippi. Which member of my family that <laughs> hey, couldn't pay my light, my phone bill. Got a brand new <laughs> phone number. Lock me in. So we're really glad that you're here. So. How long have you been writing plays for a big production? Since 2018. I did the first one in 2018, and it has been a journey since then. We open in two weeks, and it will be my 35th show. Oh, my since God. 2018. Wait a minute. So, Trey, you... Right. Wow. You've been in two years... Work ethic! ...of writing. <laughs> You've done 35 yes, shows. 35 shows. It's like crazy when you think about it. So the first show we did, which was Love, Sex, and Marriage, we ended up doing 25 shows of that. Mm. And then um, I produced a show for Javon Johnson, um, When Love Calls Your Name, we did five of those. And then we did a dinner theater show, Dear John, we did four of those. So yeah. It's been ongoing. What was the show that I saw? You saw Love, Sex, and Marriage. Oh, okay. That was the first one. It was really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, that was my first one. So that's like well, you saw Love, Sex, and Marriage. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I saw Love, Sex, and yeah. Marriage. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. I saw it too. What was the seven stages? Seven stages. Off Euclid Avenue here yeah. in Atlanta. 
and it, and I was impressed. It was a really good show. Mm-hmm. Very well put together. Um, I, the thing I noticed the most were your transitions were so smooth, and that is something I look for mm-hmm. in plays, in TV shows, in it makes writing. A big difference. It, if your transitions are not smooth, it can mess up the flow of the show. It can mess up the audience's morale, you know. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. That means your writing is intact. Mm-hmm. Thank so. you. That means a lot. Like the little things like that, that uh, I guess kind of an untrained eye wouldn't even notice, but like it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Like it really does matter. And what's so crazy about Love, Sex, and Marriage is so we did three different parts of that in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It started out, we did just five shows thinking, oh, let's just do a play, this would be cute, and all five sold out. So we brought it back to Atlanta, did four more, four more, it sold out again. Mm-hmm. So we ended up taking it on the road. So I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah, and the show I was at was sold out. Yeah, so it was yeah. when I attended, it was also uh, yeah. sold out. So it was yeah. a hot ticket yeah. in the city. And that's something that we've got to get more. Uh, of our people out yes. into the theater. Yes. yes, it's such a different a theater experience is so much different than film because mm-hmm. you're you're there, you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like the audience makes or breaks the show mm-hmm. because the actors speed off your energy. So yeah. it's a totally different experience than going to a, a movie theater. Movies are great, don't get me wrong, but theater is just something that our people traditionally just don't go to as much. But like we're missing out, like you gotta go to it. It's such a great experience. And because of writers like you, I do believe we will get more of an opportunity mm-hmm. to go to the theater and see yes. live theater and Absolutely. give that great energy to your actors. So You know, I I actually love the theater. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a theater goer. I go to plays. I've, I've gone my whole entire life. Uh, and actually, you know, and previous to uh, previous to 2013, I would go to New York every year just to see Broadway plays. Nice. But, you know, previous to 2013, I had someone to go to see the plays with who also enjoyed them just as much as I do. <laughs> so, you know, with that being stated, I think that many black people would love the theater experience if there were more plays that provided something for them to relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why having you feel the space that you feel is so essential. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why Tyler Perry's success was meteoric. Uh, in terms of how quickly he rose up because he was creating uh, work that people wanted to see and black people, people of color, were not being represented in the theater community and were being taken for granted. And so it was like, well, why aren't the black people coming? Because you're not speaking mm-hmm. to them. And that is something that this year, in 2020, it's like a light bulb has gone off for me to realize that the lack of representation in everything from the political arena to Film, film, television, and radio is truly uh, surfacing up. When speaking to Tyler Perry, you know, Trey, who are some of your influences and people that have really given you mm-hmm. uh, like motivation to do this work? It's funny you brought up Ava DuVernay earlier. Mm-hmm. That's one of my motivations. I love Ava DuVernay. Um, big fan of Shonda Rhimes. Mm-hmm. Um, also a big fan of Hill Harper. Yeah, like that's like one of my favorite people of all times. It's just like I love that he acts, but he's also very educated. Mm-hmm. And so me coming from an education background, like I just really respect that. So definitely those would be my like top three people. Oh wow. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those, are, those, are, really, those are some really yeah. great shoes yeah. Yeah. to to feel, you yeah. know, and to absolutely. be inspired by. Yeah. I love Hill's work. Yes. He's oh, an right. amazing author as well. Mm-hmm. I love his books. Absolutely. And Shonda Rhimes, I mean, right. Shonda Land. Exactly. <laughs> you, right. know? Yeah. And, you know, I feel about Ava. Ava's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
amazing. Yeah. And and speaking of Ava, she started late too. You know, yeah. I'm not saying you started late, but what I'm saying is you went into education exactly. and it wasn't really on your radar as much. Right. And same with her. She just mm-hmm. at 32 right. got a camera and started filming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's inspirational too. You don't have to start off right. in the career path. Like, find you your know. way. It, it's so yeah. funny, like, you find stories along the way. So, yeah. find, it's okay if you didn't come fresh out of high school or fresh out of college doing this. Just find your way to it. Yeah. Is there a uh, play that just mm. resonates with you where you can say, I love this piece? <laughs> it's so funny because it's going to be so far left on everything I do. Oh. I love The Lion King on Broadway. Oh, it's like, a, yeah, it's yeah. like my favorite thing ever. Like, I can go and see that if my money would let me, I could go and see that every mm-hmm. week. But I, I mean, I've seen it several times, and I just really, really love it. Um, another piece is what um, was it about the Lion King that really spoke to you? Like everything, like the costumes, mm-hmm. transitions, yeah. like just how different it was from the film. But it's, it's just like I said earlier, it's like when you're in the theater, it's like you're a part of it. So it was one of my favorite films as a kid mm-hmm. too. But it was just everything, the music, it just like comes to life, like from the first. Ah, yeah. I love, yeah. love it all. Um, but another piece, um, I believe it's called The Mountaintop. Yeah. So tell us about The Mountaintop. <laughs> okay, so The Mountaintop is this piece that's only two characters. Right? Wait, what, what, I feel like I'm getting set up or something. Like You're this. not being, you are getting set up, but not really. Okay, I'm nervous. Okay, so it's um, two actors. It's only two actors in the entire thing. And it's about Martin Luther King's last days. And so it starts out, he believes he's talking to, I believe it's uh, someone to come to clean the room. A maid. Yeah, he thinks he's talking played, to a maid. I played you know, I didn't know that. That's no. why I'm never smiling is because Shut Trey up, I Trey is this. Trey came in. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I quit acting in 2013, I tell everybody. And this play that. came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I went and auditioned. And I booked it and it revitalized my acting career. Yeah. Where, where was this show? Indiana Repertory Theater. So I was in Indianapolis. So yeah, that play means everything to me. Yes. It, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to do that play. I would it's, love to do that. It, if it, I knew you got to be it, it, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's delicious. Yes. I think what people think, I would love <laughs> to see you do that I would play. love to do that play. With you. So, so let's go ahead and start a whole campaign to get the funding together so to make this happen for, for at least a limited run. You know what would be dope? And I would be the fundraiser for the theater company. Javon, me, Play and Martin. I would do it. I'm so in. Javon, you hit it. Javon Thompson. I'm Javon Thompson. Who is Javon? Javon Johnson from the Oval Week. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm well, I, I thought he said Thompson. I oh, agree. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, that would be. That would be an amazing. Let's talk. Let's I'm talk. serious. Yeah. Yes. But everything about that that play is, I mean, from from the moment she walks into that hotel mm-hmm. room until that last moment is just like you're on the edge of your seat. And I just remember when we did it, we had some people walk out because they didn't wait until the end because you think it's gonna be one way a woman and Dr. King especially with his past Uh history the allegations of his past but that's what I'm yes alleged because if if, if Donald Trump can deny what he did with Stormy Daniels and grabbing kitties and all of this then uh, don't say Martha did nothing alleged that's what I'm saying people thought that I'm gonna rewrite history too I'm gonna make up some fake news for my icons 
Snuggles. The new day in America. People. That's what people thought the play was going to be mm-hmm. about. And it wasn't. It has some twists and turns that just they, they make you cry, it breaks your heart. And it also helps you to realize what this man really, really, really meant to us then and even now. He's even and it humanizes him. Mm-hmm. You know how like people see Martin King is this I mean, he is a hero, yeah. but this beyond human so, person, you know. Mm-hmm. So he humanizes. Yeah, I think that that that's that's great. I agree that um, I have not seen uh, the mountaintop, but I've read a lot about it. And mm-hmm. I look, I would love again to see you guys dance to see it come through. Uh, Tracy, do you have a favorite play? Or is it the mountaintop? Um, my favorite play is Home by Sam Art Williams. Um, it's a three hander. It's two women and one man, and the women's names are woman one, woman one, and woman two because they play all the characters that this man Cephas Miles runs into in his life, and um, it's a tour de force for a, a black actress because mm-hmm. we get we it's so rare that we get to play men, mm-hmm. it's so rare that we get to be seen as so many different characters. Um, people don't write for us. As, as much as I believe we should be written for outside of being the mom, the maid, or, you know, the harlot, you know. And, and this play just gave me an opportunity. I played about 16 different characters, played a little boy. I was able to play a social worker. I was his grandmother. I was, you know, uh, a woman of the night, you know, and just all kinds of different characters. Played a little girl in, in, one, in play. one play in 90 minutes. And it's a tour de force, so that's my favorite. You know, I have two. My, I, you know, of course, the my favorite play as an educator to teach. Mm-hmm. But I love fences. It was Death of a Salesman mm-hmm. because so often parents plant seeds, mm-hmm. and when it's time when those seeds grow, it's time to reap the harvest. They don't want to acknowledge what they created and why mm-hmm. their children are the way they are. And for many of our parents, and even even for many of us. The sum of our lives come forth in the children that we have reared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I would have to say my favorite play beyond the classroom, and it's tough between the color purple of the play mm-hmm. and Billy Elliot, but I have to give it to Billy Elliot. Um, you know, and if you I've yeah, never seen it. No. If it ever comes I've back to Atlanta or if you ever have a chance to see the play, you need to see it just because it's Zachary's favorite play. Like it, it really is. It really speak it really spoke to me and my childhood and what I felt like growing up in rural Mississippi, even though the play was set in rural England mm-hmm. in 1984, you know, and it just really resonated in many ways. Um, and with things resonating... He was a dancer, right? Billy yeah, Billy Elliot is about a dancer. He's a kid with all this potential, and but everybody wanted him to be stifled because his guilt didn't fit the societal stereotypes that his town wanted uh, of him. So, hey, I just love the play. It's really good. I think it was the score was done by Elton John, and it's just a great play. I, know, I saw the film. I haven't seen the play, but I did yeah. see the film. It was good. I've never seen the film, actually. Really? No, I've yeah, never the seen the film. Good. It's good. I'm not, I haven't seen the play, so I can't compare, but I did enjoy it. It's funny. Good. I brought up dance because I actually started in dance. That's kind of what... Oh, you were a dancer? You were a dancer. Oh, I was, I was, I'm trained in, actually, ballet, modern... West African. Wow. Yeah. So, um, something that really drew me to the stage is actually Alvin Ailey. When I saw Alvin Ailey live, mm-hmm. it was like, 
wow, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. Like, I, I, I like stage. I like mm-hmm. live. So, yeah, that's kind of what you mean. So, I'm going to transition from dance into theater. Wow. And so, in terms of transitions, I think it's, um, it's time for a transition. Not the best news that we received on yesterday that NBA legend Kobe Bryant was killed yeah. along with his do- one of his three daughters. And between five, and it's now being confirmed that there were nine others yeah. who died in a helicopter crash on Sunday. And yeah. he, he was killed at the age of 41. Extremely sad news. Um, I was not a Kobe Bryant fan or a Laker fan. Uh, to be quite honest, when LeBron joined the Lakers, I stopped watching basketball. Because you hate the Lakers. I haven't really watched a game since, but I've always acknowledged what Kobe meant to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, I mean, athleticism, he was smart, um, just the GOAT at this point, like, you die so tragically, but mm, I, I just, I he can't. He was the fourth highest scoring player in the NFL, I mean, in the NBA, he uh-huh. was number uh, three up until, I think, a week ago, no. two, like, recently. Saturday. Saturday is when LeBron surpassed that yeah. record for him to become number one. Wait, so number four is number three. Really sad. Um, um, our prayers go out to absolutely. But to everyone who knew and loved him. And all of California. I, I was a Kobe fan. I, you know, no knock on LeBron. LeBron. I'm not a fan of LeBron. I've never really, I've never liked him actually. And I especially don't like him now that he wears his man unit, which is fine if you want to wear your man unit. But you know, it's your life. It's your head. Live his best life. I'm gonna let him live. Uh, but right now we're talking about Kobe. Yes. While we're letting LeBron leave, we're talking about Kobe. Okay. Rest in peace. Yes. And, and I was a fan of Kobe. Let me tell you, when I saw one yesterday, all of the people posting on Instagram and Facebook, and I was upset. Why? Because these people have trashed Kobe Bryant for years. He's not the greatest NBA player alive in the game. He's not that good. They trash this man. This man was out here as a teenager playing for the NBA. They branded going to prom with her. Like that day. He goes out here, you know, sleeps around a little bit. Like, I mean, people just gave him such a hard time. They just they vilified Kobe Bryant. And I feel like too often in America. People vilify great black athletes. They make them the evil villain. And let me give you some examples of the evil villain. So not only was Kobe vilified being the greatest of his time, so too has Serena Williams been vilified as the attitudinal angry black woman. And what happens is this is done primarily by the white sportscasters and the white media. And then black people jump on the bandwagon and run with it. Because if you don't play by their rules for their games, you're going to be vilified. I and I feel like that's what happened to Kobe. And Kobe I don't agree. I do not agree. I do not agree. That is not why I wasn't a fan of Kobe. I'm talking about America and all these people <laughs> on my timeline who talk about, ooh, we rest in peace, But we still can have compassion for someone. Like, I don't want to Why do you like Kobe Bryant? Okay, I didn't like Kobe because I felt like, like people say LeBron wines. I felt like he, every time mm. somebody found him, he had something to say. I did love the, his style of play. I thought he had... A, a lot of tenacity. Of course, he's fast. The black mamba, yes. like he, he, you cannot take away his athleticism. Like I said mm-hmm. before. Also, I didn't like when that stuff went down in Colorado with that that whole rape allegation stuff, mm-hmm. and he threw Shaq under the bus. I was just like, bruh, 
you were caught doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Just face up to it. True. You don't have to throw someone else under the bus. That's so true. for me, I, it was a character flaw that I saw. It had nothing to do with him being an athlete. Trey, what do you think? I just feel really bad that he just he retired what a year or two years ago? One yes. This is his second year. Second year yeah. retirement. So I feel like like he's just gotten to the point where he can really just live his life. Yeah. Like you don't have to go to work, you don't have to work out all the yeah. time. You can just really enjoy Focus the family. family. Yeah, and do you. And now it's just been cut short. And so, and, and, and he is a an Oscar winner. Yeah. Many people don't know that. You know that Kobe Bryant did a short film that won an Oscar short. What, two years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, right on the heels of his Retirement. Yeah, it is sad. I think that Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant had and he a, lost a, his, his his daughter. daughter. Yeah. A lot of potential in yeah. the world, and I think there was a lot that he could have contributed and would have contributed. Uh, someone who I think whose time should be up, who shouldn't be contributing anything anymore, is Donald Trump. <laughs> President Donald Trump. Uh, the impeachment <laughs> trial in the Senate has moved forward. It moved forward last week. The uh, House impeachment managers from our U.S. our U.S. representatives have uh, rested their case, arrested their case. Now the Republicans have launched their defense. What are your thoughts thus far, guys, as we now continue and move towards the impeachment trial of the 45th president of the United States of America, President Donald John Trump? Don John. Crickets. <laughs> so I can't speak too much on this topic because of my job, but I will say it's just... It's an unfortunate place to be in in America. Mm-hmm. And I say that because like this this is like the highest office in the land. And it's just, it's very unfortunate when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. And I really hate, but what I will say, I hope that the people that we as Americans have elected are fair and not just going by their party. Like mm-hmm. I, I just want them to be honest with themselves and honest to America and just give a fair judgment as they would to someone who may not look like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. but give a fair judgment on what he has done and not base it solely on a, a, a honor system or a, a, a or based on their party. Yeah, loyalty to their party. People have loyalty to their to citizens of America. That's right. You're, they're loyal to the party, but they're loyal to the country. Exactly. Like, you were elected to serve the people, not the president, Tracy. Well, it takes me back to what we were um, talking about in church today. Uh, no, not today. Uh, yesterday, I'm sorry. And it, my pastor says this all the time. We cannot allow our political affiliation to prevent us from being kingdom people. So regardless of what your mm-hmm. political, if you're mm-hmm. a, a Republican or a Democrat, what's right, That's right. is right. That's right. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. And so, Absolutely. you know, if if you are a Republican out there Mm-mm. and this is your president, Mm-mm. just take all of that to the side and say, is this and ethical? And burn it. And burn it. <laughs> <laughs> is this ethical? Yes. Um, are they are they being fair? Is he kind? Is yeah. you know? Now, for Tracy, me, it's about my hair. I go to Buckhead Church uh-huh, where uh-huh, Andy uh-huh, Stanley uh-huh, is. Uh-huh. I believe in Republicans. No, <laughs> I, 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 you, she got a Republican message, y'all. No, she got a Republican message, y'all. No, 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 no. My my pastor has never said what his political affiliation mm-hmm. is. I'm joking, but he's. You can almost always tell that he's you talking know. to the other side. He looks like a Republican <laughs> now. But he's not. But, but I will, in all honesty and fairness, this is, you know, I'm going to pull this up 
so I can prove it to my friend here. Uh, right there, I listen to her pastor on my podcast. I listen to his Your Move podcast from Pastor Stanley. So, you know, regardless of what he may believe and where he puts his money in his vote, I still love his message. The same way with Joel Osteen, who I know is a Trumper. Staunch uh, Republican. But I don't love him like I used to. But I still listen to him. (laughs) I don't. You know, Tracy, you make up a good point, you know, and what your pastor did say on uh, yesterday. And it kind of goes back when I watched the, I have watched the uh, trial relentlessly, you know, when I'm home from work and get off the road, I sit down and I watch today's key highlights. And I have, I am so impressed by Adam Schiff. And I'm so disappointed he's not running for president of the United States of America. Because in his uh, beautiful defense of the United States Constitution, I hear someone who could truly be a, an American president. Uh, his knowledge was phenomenal. His wordsmithing was, was unmatched. Uh, it, it's what was most impressive in the opening uh, days of this trial was when he referenced the great Republicans who have served this country faithfully over the course of time and how they did what was right for America instead of doing what was right for their party. I do not believe that Donald Trump is going to be impeached. Donald Trump has been impeached. Yeah. He's the third president in the United States. He, you out, bro. You've been impeached. But he will not probably be removed from office because I don't believe that the Republican senators in nope. the, you know, in our Congress will do what they should do and do the right thing. In the same way that when Richard Nixon was impeached, Republicans came together, the I think it was a party of eight, and they stood, they stood together and said, no matter what, we're gonna have to vote him out. And he knew that he wouldn't have the votes and he didn't even go to trial because he resigned. Because they said, no matter what, we're gonna place country before party. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think we have leaders in our country who are willing to do that right I now. I believe they have put their pockets before their party. I agree. You know, before the people. People are horrified of Donald Trump in Washington. He uh, got some on I do well, believe. Yeah. When you have that kind of money and yeah. you have that kind of power. I do believe he has each and every one of them something yes. on him. Representative Adam Schiff of California said that President Trump had threatened to put their heads on a pike yeah. if they didn't, if they voted against him. And it is unfortunate that someone would use such language saying you are going to be head senators and put their heads out for the whole world to see. Well, he's a dictator. And that is what dictators do. And that's how he's operating. And everybody's scared of him, except for all the black people who are in, you know, the Congress. Is that right? Yeah. The House. The House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. They're not scared of him, but they're all dying. You need to take a take a good, strong look at all the people that have spoken against him. Are you sick or dying? Well, they're older. They are older. Yeah, but he put something in there. That <laughs> you not think, think that Donald Trump might be the pillow something? Not in there. Be I mean, when you talk about Donald Trump putting something in people, it seems as though Dennis Williams, the uh, uh, former fiance of Portia, I'm sorry, not Dennis, uh, Dennis uh, McKinley. Yeah, uh, Dennis McKinley. Former fiance of Portia Williams on the ground, he's also putting something in people. Well, here's the thing. Hot dog. <laughs> he's putting that hot dog to work. 
He is the owner of Atlanta's original hot dog factory, and he is putting hot dogs in many people in Atlanta. Allegedly. They say his hot dogs are good. I've never had one. Allegedly. Here's the thing. And I love hot dogs, but I've never had one of his hot dogs. Here's the thing about Portia Williams. I do not know her personally, but I do believe in her pursuit to have a child. She, for, she just let everything else go as far as properly vetting a man that you want to lie down with and have a baby with. I, do, I think she rushed into a situation. Mm-hmm. This was a man who had money. He has some status here in Atlanta. So, you know, all of the good advice that she got from people like Candy mm-hmm. and other people who kind of tried to warn her about, hey, you know, you're moving a little too fast. He's done I this agree. with other women. Totally like, agree. I heard he was talking to someone else. And, you know, sometimes... We, all the signs were there. All the signs were there. And sometimes we as women, we ignore the mm-hmm. red flags because of how somebody makes us feel. Yes. And like and, you said, she wanted that. But she's been talking about a baby for a while. Now. Because she's that baby nut. Absolutely. With, what, what's that boy, Todd? Oh, that guy that yeah, she would fly in and out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he kind of thought that was mm-hmm. kind of like, no, I'm not going to be no baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I already have kids. And, you know, do you know what this really means? So... I, I'm not placing blame, but ladies, we have got to do a better job at vetting these men that we open our legs to. It can't just feel good to us. They can't just buy us a Birkin bag or a, a car oh, and make yeah. everything go. You know what? Let me say this. I am on the other side of this argument. You know, Dennis and I have the same birthday. Okay, so they're on his side. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of loyalty to my Scorpios, especially when you are born on November the 3rd. And I want to say, Dennis and I are, you know, we're close enough in age. I think Dennis had a reputation in Atlanta mm-hmm. as not only being a phenomenal entrepreneur, because, he, you know, he, of course, owns a hot dog right? He mm-hmm. also owns several other very successful restaurants. Mm-hmm. The original hot dog factory is just his, his newest pursuit, and that's why I think they chose that as what they would launch mm-hmm. on the show. He has mm-hmm. other businesses that are doing very well. But he has a reputation as being, you know, a very sought-after Atlanta bachelor. And so the television show, <laughs> you don't question a Scorpio's je ne sais quoi, okay? When people look at me, okay. they may say, ooh, why? But I know why. <laughs> you may not know why, but I know why. And so with Dennis, we... You know, it may not be what we hourly see, but it's that Genesis choir, that it factor that, that, that he has on the inside because he's a Scorpio and because he's born of a third. And so the women are just throwing themselves after him and throwing and, and you know, it takes time for him to change his ways. But eventually, I think that he probably will come no, down. here's the thing. It does not take a lot for me to see if a man is going to be non-committal. Or, you know, you can like, tell off the bat. I can tell off of their yeah. behavior. Yes. For example, Lori Harvey and Future, I don't need to know that this is going downhill. You know, I don't need to stick around for months and years mm-hmm. to know that this relationship is probably not going no, to no work. It's this, not a real relationship. No. This man has not put in the work mm-hmm. or the time to kind of see where some of his flaws mm-hmm. are and some of his relationship. Commit, it, commit but that's what are. a part. That's what being a life partner is about. Portia can help guide him. We don't have time to teach. Okay, we don't have time. She's old enough to know that now I don't have. Yeah, I got a baby. 
I got a child to train. I don't need to train an adult. And if your mama, I have a, yeah, you know, you see, you, so you watch the show, you seen her baby. Yeah. Have you seen Kenya's baby? Oh, I have. They're they're both cute. Cute. You think they're both cute? I do. Is one of those babies? You are so cute. Baby. Oh, yeah. Is one of the babies cuter than the other one? They are beautiful babies. Okay, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm asking. Beautiful yeah. in their own way. Bait us into okay. okay. It's a it's a great it's a great note for us to say, you know, it is Monday, January the twenty-seventh, and I think that we have given our listeners something to start off the week. Uh, and I think that we you know it's been online and we're ready, I think, to transition. So we will see you guys. I'll see both of you tomorrow. Okay. Awesome. And uh, we will have all of you join us again on tomorrow for the three plus one podcast. Talk to you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.